Our uh, text this morning is the Old Testament reading uh, that's uh, in Ecclesiastes. I know that's a, a rather unusual place to go, but uh, let's uh, look at verses, uh, well, just verse 26, or most of it. To the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. This is our text. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I have uh, noticed that uh, people say uh, about almost everything, one time or another or one place or another, that whether it be work or when you're having fun or whether you're watching a movie, that, that, that it's a waste of time, a waste of resources to do such things. Uh, it almost doesn't matter what you're doing, somebody's going to have that thought. Of course, you know, if you uh, hear something too many times, you start to believe it a little bit, and folks like that can take your joy uh, and then leave you to a little bit of depression if everything you do is wasting time. Uh, I would advise you not to listen too much because it's kind of dumb. But uh, uh, poor Solomon here, he's hearing that a lot, except he's hearing it from himself, which is really dumb. For the wisest man that's ever lived, that's, I don't even understand it. But he spends a lot of thought saying that to himself and to the people around him because he wrote this down. Uh, he's the king of Israel. There's vast wealth and power in him. He, uh, he has fame, uh, he has wisdom beyond understanding, and he says it's all vanity. Now, vanity means something to us that he's not talking about. Uh, vanity to us means that, you know, somebody looks in the mirror too much and they think a little bit too much of themselves. Well, he's not talking about that. Uh, vanity, the word that's there underneath in Hebrew is basically emptiness. Uh, back to that waste of time thing, but uh, um, a waste, meaningless, uh, anything on that list, that's what he's talking about. That's what vanity is. Now, he seems so decidedly dissatisfied with the pointlessness of what he's been doing. Now, I remember, again, this is Solomon, he's, he's wise, he's uh, rich and famous, and I don't even know how he's got all that, except God granted it to him, but he doesn't think much of it at all. Um, his, uh, one of the things he's fussing about here is that someday when he dies, uh, a, a, a person is going to inherit everything that he's been up to. Um, and, uh, and, and he's not real sure that that's going to work out well. As it turns out, he's right. It's not going to work out well. Uh, but uh, if, there's, if there's no joy in the work, if there's no joy in the life it brings, why, why bother at all? Except he still gets out of bed and he still has to eat. Uh, and, you know, you don't even need much wisdom to, to come up with that. And there's not much more in life as a minimum. You've got you to gotta take care of yourself or, or the people that you're responsible for. But and he calls this vanity and, and a striving after wind is depressing. Anybody that's read all of Ecclesiastes, you can't walk away from that book without getting a headache. Uh, maybe you're like me and you notice that, that um, work is a four-letter word 
I don't know if all of you have checked that out, but I, if I'm spelling it right, uh, all too often it's harder than it needs to be to work, to labor, to toil, if you want to get into that really negative word. Uh, and, and the main reason why things are difficult when you're at it is because there are people involved. You know, and people are complexity and people are difficult and you know, you know what I mean. Uh, it doesn't always go real well. And part of the reason why it doesn't always go real well is because you're involved too. <laughs> and you being a people means there's complexity and difficulty involved just because you're there. It doesn't ever seem to matter where the work is. I, 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 by that I mean, uh, I'm not just talking about on the job or whether, where you're employed or whatever. Uh, uh, there is work involved in looking after family. There's work involved in uh, citizenship in a country like ours, especially where it's a free country and you have responsibilities as a citizen. Uh, even when you're in church, there are things to be done and sometimes they're not easy to do. They're difficult, they're complicated. Is there people here? I have heard pastors say the churches would be so much quieter if there wasn't anybody here. You know, then it kind of defeats the purpose. It doesn't work out well. But sometimes it's also unsatisfying with whatever you pick up to do, like it seems to be for Solomon. Um, you know, that's hard for us. Uh, to, I think when we uh, get to feeling a little depressed like that, being Christians, you'd, you'd think that God could do something to take that away in your toil. But he took some time getting this uh, in place, actually, because of the sin of Adam. He, you know, he, when he cursed Adam, one of the things that's on the list is hard labor. <laughs> that's, that's there. Everything is going to be done difficultly, which naturally uh, would feel like you're uh, an old-time prisoner at hard labor or something. Uh, but that's there on purpose. For what reason is hard to say. You realize, of course, that such laboring is your just due because you're all sinners, just like me, and we all cause ourselves problems, and other things cause us problems, and, and uh, that just is what happens. You can't blame God for it because he's not the one doing it. Uh, if anything, if you're going to blame anybody, you can blame yourself. That's what sin does. It's obvious enough if you uh, look through what Solomon says about this stuff that he's not entirely happy with the limits of his humanity. <laughs> he would probably like to have better control over what happens when he's gone or maybe even better if he wasn't gone at all. He worked hard and he worked wisely. That, that's his own words. His kingdom was powerful and wealthy but he had to turn it all over to his son and his son is famous for one thing and one thing only, and that is causing the division of the country. So when his son was all finished being the king, then there were two kingdoms. There was Judea and there was Israel, which were the northern ten tribes. That was the thing that happened at the hands of his son, Solomon's kingdom. So he's right about that. But he's, he, he calls the worry of such things vanity, emptiness, meaningless, because it doesn't change anything. But even Solomon knows that there 
can be joy in the labor that each of us partakes of. He expects that eating and drinking from the results could have joy if God grants it. Understand that real joy is not because everything is going well, because how often is that? Uh, and yet there is joy. Uh, it's not uh, where, where things are just all in good order. You still have to do things to sustain yourself at least. But uh, joy, even in the midst of suffering, which is possible with God's help, comes to those like you who do know your eternal hope. The whole world has commented on that for a very long time, that Christians in the midst of horror are very often calm and joyful and prayerful and worshipful. It's odd, but that is what God does. When you know the love of God that has been shown to you in the cross of Christ, despite your sinfulness, when you have that forgiveness, when you know your salvation that Jesus promised and carries out every day of your life, however it's going, whether your life is going in a positive way or not, Jesus is doing that for you always. You can know in the midst of any circumstance, joy. When you remember that in baptism, in the Holy Communion that you will have today, that you have died with Christ and have risen to eternal life with him, with his resurrection victory, which is for you, there also is joy. That's not joy in circumstances. It's not joy because you've got everything under control, but it is the promise of God. It's not joy in uh, everything being wonderful, but in God's compassion and in his love, despite what is deserved by any sinner. God has granted you many things to sustain you in this life and next, but also to sustain your joy in the worst of times. Jesus says that he does these things and he says these things so that your joy might be full. So even in the worst of times, you can have that joy. The eternal hope that Christ has provided you comes from forgiveness and life and love and as promised, a rest that lies on the other side of your departure from this place. Nothing can take your joy. You can leave it behind well enough, but there is no need. You can take it with you wherever you go because Christ is with you and beside you and in you. And even in suffering, there he grants you joy. Nothing can take you from the Father's own powerful hand. And you might remember that his joy is in you. He loves to see you as his own. He loves to see you uh, reborn in Christ. He loves to see you, uh, that you will be with him in eternity. And so your joy is granted because he loves you. So no matter whatever's happening, whatever circumstance, whatever difficulty, his joy is in you. At the end there, uh, the end of what I read to you before in verse 26, 
Solomon says to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting, which of course we do, but only to give to one who pleases God. Now that's kind of a lousy translation. Somebody read a little bit too much into that, but it actually, instead of to give to one who pleases God, it says to give for good before God. So whatever is going on, what God gives in the midst of all these things is for the good before him, where he sees it and his face. You can trust your God to give to your good because he always does that. Solomon even saw that. To the good he gives for you. Your hope, your forgiveness, your salvation, it's not only your joy if you're paying attention, but it is his joy to give you all of these things in the name of his son that is his good pleasure. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.